Welcome to the Life Christian Church Podcast, where our mission is to inspire people to the life God dreams for them as we spread His love in ever-widening circles. Uh, If we haven't met yet, my name's Terry Smith. I'm the lead pastor here at the Life Christian Church. I'm so glad you're here. And uh, to all of you joining us online, I'm so glad that you've joined us online. It's great to have you today. Hey, guys. Um... Let me state the obvious. We are living in absolutely, insanely crazy times. And, um, well, none of us alive have ever seen anything quite like what we're dealing with this last couple of years. And I'm talking, I mean, there are a lot of things I could talk about, I guess, but particularly around the pandemic and now yet another surge where it seems like, um, well, I saw the other day, you know, to folks who were watching from London that uh, I think I saw 15% of the, one out of every 15 people in London have Omicron. Is it Omni or Omna? Whatever, I don't even want to learn how to pronounce it. Um, And I know that, uh, you, you know, I've, like actually never before during this pandemic, I'm hearing about uh, uh, more and more uh, folks associated with TLCC, friends and so on, family from around the country actually who, uh, who are not well and um, colds, flus and coronaviruses. And uh, it's an amazing thing. You know, you kind of feel like, uh, and I know this is what all of us are experiencing in our lives. We're, we're on, on the other side of this. And now it looks like for a couple of weeks, hopefully just a couple of weeks, we're getting hit again, and then we'll start recovering again. And um, I know that that there are a lot of folks who are watching online today who aren't well, and I want you to know that um, that we're thinking about you and praying for you, and we're glad that you joined us today. Um, and um, and I'm grateful that though I'm hearing about lots of people who are not well, I'm. Uh, rarely hearing of someone who who uh, uh, is is seriously ill, although we do get those reports and um, and then to to those of you who are here today i mean obviously let's you know sometimes when there's a pink elephant in the room, I like to just point at the pink elephant and say there's a pink elephant in the room uh, these are you know this is not normal right this is not what we expect when we come at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning, and it really hasn't been normal for a couple of years. But we were to what felt like on our way to normal here a month ago, and we're back to uh, abnormal. And and I I acknowledge that. I I, uh, celebrate your courage for being here today. And I like the fact, you know, the mentality of our church is that we're not quitters, we're not cancelers. Some people might even criticize me for that. Ultimately, that's my decision. But it's just not who I am. It's going to take a lot. And and it's possible, you know, uh, I mean, obviously, I I could get COVID. I I haven't gotten it, thank God. But one week you could hear that I'm homesick. I'm not above that that possibility, of course. So don't misunderstand. I, I I think it's important to be humble in the face of what we're what we're what we're fighting, and at the same time to be tough, and um and to do 
to do everything we can to uh, be aware of, of the, the challenges we face, to be empathetic towards folks who are affected in any negative way as a result of it, and at the same time, to do everything we can to keep moving forward and moving forward in faith and expectancy and excitement about the future and knowing that our future is better than our past ever was and that everything's going to be okay and more than okay. So, so a um, couple things, and I'm going to introduce a very exciting guest speaker today. Um, so it's the beginning of the year. And um, for many years, the first Sunday of the year, we kind of it's kind of rally time. And by the way, um, though there are fewer of us in this room at nine o'clock since the snowstorm of 1933, uh, <laughs> it really felt great during our worship time, didn't it? Just something about, you know, there's something about facing tough times that it's almost like it's like you, you guys. Uh, even some of us wearing masks, I'm doing this for the sake of others, uh, um, are singing harder and louder and with more enthusiasm than ever before, just because it's like, uh, you know, we're, it's, it's a crazy time. Anyway, it felt great in here. What was I going to talk about? Oh, first Sunday of the year. Um, and so there are a couple things that you need to know about that are coming up. First of all, as always, we will here during the month of January, have a week of prayer and fasting. We're actually, we've moved that back a couple of weeks. We want to uh, fully engage in a week of prayer and fasting, and we want to follow that week of prayer and fasting as we normally do with a Friday night believers meeting. And so the, our week of prayer and fasting here uh, will be will begin on Monday, January 17th, and we'll uh, have a great bit, what I hope will be a great believers meeting here on Friday, January 21st. So we're going to give it a couple weeks. And um, I know many of you have a have probably already started your New Year's fast. And I know people do that in a lot of different ways. I commend you for that, encourage you in that. But as a congregation, we're really going to focus on prayer and fasting the week of January 17th through January 21st. And we're really going to be encouraging that people, I've felt to emphasize this recently, that people that week consider uh, pursuing some kind of what's called a normal fast, where there's a day or more where you fast and drink only water. And so, uh, but anyway, you can choose whatever way you want to fast, and obviously that's up to you. But just know that that's coming. Next, uh, and, and that's going to be a great week, a lot of things going on, live devotionals all week and all, all of that. Next Sunday, we'll launch the first Sunday of the trimester. And we've been talking about this and working around this on our creative team, a pastoral team, since September. Uh, we're going to start a journey through the book of Hebrews. And uh, we're going we're gonna to work through the book of Hebrews for the next four months. And it's, it's going to be really, really exciting and meaningful and we're going to grow in our lives with God and you know so we have a series planned to start next Sunday called greater than and we're going to talk about how that Jesus Christ and who he is in our lives is greater than anything else either the great things in life or the challenging things in life 
And um, uh, so just get ready. It's going to be a little bit more of what's typically called an expository series where I'm actually, and others who will teach, will actually just start at chapter 1, verse 1, and work our way through the 13 chapters of Hebrews. And you're going to be amazed at how relevant the writing of of um, of of the writing to the Hebrews in the first century is to where we're at today. So you're not going to want to miss that next Sunday. And let me introduce our guest speaker. We're going to close our time with communion. I will uh, lead all of us here in the room in communion and uh, 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 extended time of, of praise and worship. Uh, Amanda and Christian will lead our online campus from London in communion, and uh, I'm sure they've already uh, encouraged all of you watching online to be prepared for that. So, um, Randall Alquist, when... When I first met Randall and Karen, now I'm thinking, uh, oh boy, must be 16, 17 years ago. Um, I, I would say, I would call them seekers. Um, and um, uh, they're both uh, very successful photographers. I know that uh, uh, Randall graduated from FIT, and when I met him, he was running one of the largest um, uh, photography production studios in Manhattan, Studio One. And he was a very, very successful fashion photographer. And uh, anyway, uh, at some point, I felt called to call him, hopefully being led by the Holy Spirit, to consider leaving that world and to come and to be our creative director here at TLCC. And he did. And um, he served on our staff for, by my calculation, six years and did a great job. That was an amazing era of creativity, both uh, overseeing our, our creative team and um, leading our youth ministry. And all of my kids, as young people, were impacted by Randall's leadership. And I see a bunch of heads nodding uh, here in this room. And then Randall uh, went to become uh, an associate pastor at Vertical Church in um, something Haven, West Haven, Connecticut. And uh, he's had a great run there the last 11 years. And um, I, I would just say, Randall, about you and Karen, that I'm so proud of you and so proud of who you are and what you've accomplished and um, proud of your kids. And it's just a delight to have you here today at the Life Christian Church. Come and speak to us. Thank you, man. Thank you. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to be here. I got to tell you, um, first of all, I just want to honor Pastor Terry and Sharon and, and Christian and Amanda um, and Everybody here, actually, Pastor, you are and have been such an influence in my life. Um, as you said, when I came here, yeah, he's, and you guys, you guys got to know, right, that you have one of the best theological thinkers and orators um, around, right, as your senior pastor. And what a privilege it is to, to be able to be under him and his vision and all that God is accomplishing through him. Um, but man, I just want to, I, I can't thank you enough um, for all that you've deposited into me. 
and um, the opportunities that God has opened up because of, of your influence. And I can still consider you a spiritual father. Um, so thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. Guys, I'm so excited. Listen, I, I, I saw this place on paper. I worked up in a trailer on the hill and overlooked this big hole in the ground. And to walk through and to see all, all of you and, and the beautiful things that God has created here is such a privilege, such a privilege. Um, I also want to introduce, because some of you probably remember me from, I, I see a bunch of friends up here and, and some back there, and, and I love you guys. It's so good to see you. Um, but I, you probably haven't, I don't know if you kept up. My wife is amazing on social media, but I want to, I want to share a picture of my family. Um, one of the things that, look how cute they are. Aren't they cute? Especially my, my beautiful wife there, Karen. Um, well, this is my youngest here on the end. That's, that's Eva, who's now 16 and driving, which is crazy, right? Um, she's amazing. My son, Gray, and his wife, Lainey. Um, Gray um, is married now. I have three kids got married in the last 13 months, so I'm poor, but I'm, I'm very, very happy <laughs> and blessed. Um, they're amazing. Gray's a beast now. He's 6'6", six, six and 240 pounds. It's crazy. We weighed the same. It's just really distributed a lot nicer on him. Um, this is my Michaela um, in the center there with her husband, Matt. Um, they're just fantastic. All my kids love Jesus. Matt and Michaela are involved in ministry at our church very heavily. Um, there's me and Karen, my beautiful wife. Um, and then Kira and my son-in-law, Trey, who live in North Carolina. Gray and Laney, I forgot to mention, live in Virginia. Um, and they're just all doing amazing. They're all doing amazing. So, yeah. Um, I'm blessed, y'all. I'm blessed. And I, I, Pastor, Pastor Terry invited me up here to speak, which I'm so excited to have the opportunity to do so. Um, and I'm just going to share a message entitled The Forgotten Gift. And it, when I talk about a forgotten gift, I'm, some of you might think of uh, you ever, Christmas vacation, anybody? You know when he's up in the attic, Clark's up in the attic, and he, puts the, and he finds that box, like whew, blows off the dust, and it's been up there for six. It can be that kind of forgotten gift, or it can be the kind of gift that maybe you received a long time ago that was an extraordinary gift, but somehow in the craziness and the busyness of life, it's it's down there in the cushions, you know, with, with popcorn and, and spare change. So I want to kind of give you permission to open up that gift, to reimagine the gift that we've been giving. Now, I'm going to be teaching out of the book of Ephesians, which is one of my favorite epistles. It's an amazing book. I think it's the most beautifully written epistle in all of Scripture. Um, this is obviously the author is Paul. And, and the cool thing about Ephesus, I'm just going to give you a little background about Ephesus, is it was a major port city. It was a capital of Rome in Asia Minor. It had three Roman roads coming from it, one of the deepest ports in all of Asia. Um, so it was a big place of commerce, had the third largest library in the world, a 25-seat, 25,000-seat arena um, theater where Paul was, you know, almost torn to pieces. Um, this, is a, this is a major, major province. And the reason why um, I, I kind of set that up is because Ephesians, this, this, Ephesians, when you look at it, is a master class in writing. Um, and Paul wrote to his audience, a very highly educated, highly intelligent um, audience. 
And so the, the second sentence alone in Ephesians is 220 words long. That's a heck of a run-on sentence, isn't it? But it's, it's this, this beautiful piece of prose with context upon context upon context. And it's looked as a master class of, of rhetoric. And, and Paul writes this in such a way that he's just a very Pauline structure, right? So the very first half of, of Ephesians is, is uh, doctrine, right? And then the second half with his favorite term, therefore, right? We, we find out the duty. After we understand the doctrine, the, the gift of God for us, he then teaches us how to walk that thing out. So I'm going to pray. Um, pray for me. All right? Um, Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity that I have to stand before you. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to take hold of my tongue and get me out of the way, Father God, that you might penetrate the atmosphere of this place, Father God, and inhabit the hearts and minds of those listening. Father God, either in the house or online, Lord God, you are not a God (laughs) who is limited in his reach. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says, all right, church, I feel you. Okay, so I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. I hope that's okay. I love it. Um, It's beautiful. The the, the language in this, guys, is just kind of like delicious, okay? Um, Let me read it for you. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift, from our wonderful heavenly father, the father of our Lord Jesus. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I'm just kidding. That's huge. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, if we got that concept, that concept alone, Stan, it would wreck us. It would transform, literally transform the way we, we walk through our lives, the way we talk to people, the way we think about things. That's such a beautiful, beautiful verse. I'm going to read it again and then finish it this time. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderfully heaven, wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. Woo, come on. He said, some spiritual blessings. No, he said, all spiritual blessings have been lavished upon us. What does that mean? What does that look like? What can that possibly, uh, what can that possibly make a difference in us? And, and when, when we think about all spiritual blessings, we think about everything that we could hope or imagine for. All that the Father wants to lavish upon us has already been gifted to us. That means all our hopes, our desires, our passions, our purpose is right before us. God has not withheld a single thing. This is the most extraordinarily good news that we can grasp. And yet, right, some of us get stuck. Some of us walk around, and I feel like, you know, I want to kind of set a little expectation today in the sense that, as, as Pastor was alluding to, this is a crazy season, y'all. I mean, if it, if it isn't the pandemic, it's the political atmosphere, it's, it's you know, the, the constant um, reminder that the enemy is alive and well. In, uh, in, in race relations as well as in the church at times. We fight in the church. It's crazy. 
And, 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 and some of that can start to weigh on us, right? Some of that can become a burden that is really difficult to bear. Some of that can, can weigh us down to the point where we feel exhausted. And, and yet we read something like this where he says, all spiritual blessings, all of heaven is made available to you already. So many of us can strive and work so hard to, 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 to be Christian, to just, to just be good people, right? To just, can, I, can you help me love somebody, Jesus, with this traffic today? Can you help me love somebody today in this line, Father? And especially the guy behind me with the breath. The breath is blowing on my neck. It doesn't smell good, Jesus, but I know you love him, Right? We can, we can strive to be the, the kind of person that God has called us to be, the revelation of his love in us, the born-again believer. And what the Father says is, listen, I have given you all that you need already. I love when I walked in the church this morning and pastor was giving me a tour of, man, what a, guys, you're so blessed. You're so blessed. And I just, I felt this, 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 you ever walk in the church and just feel peace? You know what, that, you know what I'm saying? And I, that's the very atmosphere of heaven. The breath of heaven itself, I believe, is peace. It's peace. And what does that come from? What does that, where, where does that come from? That when we walk in the door and somebody greets us and we walk through the concourse and we see the cafe and the beautiful fireplace and we walk into the sanctuary and it's like this breath of heaven overwhelms and unwraps us, right? This, this peace, it comes from people, it comes from y'all. Not cranking open these giant gates of heaven to release just a little bit in for us poor believers, but, but opening up the hearts of our, of, of, of our people, opening up our own hearts and saying, God, show me what it looks like to see the fullness of your love, the full weight of your glory on my life, the full reality that you have a purpose and a plan. And teach me, God, how to, how to draw my affection and my, and my, my perspective and my, my vision towards what you have for me. You know, we've got to do that Romans uh, 12.2 thing, right? Where we have to renew our mind to, to agree with what Scripture says even more so than sometimes what we see in our own lives. Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. And one of, the, one of the statements he said was so telling because he wouldn't tell us to ask for something that he didn't intend to give us, right? God is not a God who withholds, but is a God who is extravagant, who is spendthrift in his love for us. And he said, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So when we imagine what this, this spiritual outpouring, this blessing that has been bestowed upon us would look like, what that, that, what that might taste like in our lives, what that might play out like, we, we think about the very atmosphere of heaven, the atmosphere that you feel that, that, that is resting upon this place because we know that the Holy Spirit is an indwelling God, correct? But he also is a God that rests upon. And I can tell you that God is resting upon the church. 
He's resting upon your pastors. He's resting upon the staff here. And when we, we walk into that spiritual atmosphere, come on, that reality of an open heaven in here, we, we, we experience his pleasure. And, and, and in that, guys, we have the understanding and the ability through this word that we can walk that out in our daily lives. How many of you know you don't have to be in the building to experience God's presence? Amen? Do you know that you're a carrier of the presence of God? That God is because of this release of heaven over your life, that you walk into an atmosphere, and the atmosphere has to bend to the God inside of you, right? See, circumstances like COVID, like the realities that we've been facing, don't get to redefine Jesus. But in fact, Jesus always redefines the circumstances. Amen? So this is what it means, okay? This is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful word. And, and see, what, if I was to interview, take five, six of you guys and say, I'm a born-again believer, um, and, and I ask you the question, hey, listen, um, is, 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 do you believe that God is able to radically change the trajectory of your life? Well, yes, sir. Do you believe that God is a God who still heals today? Amen. Yes, sir. Do you believe a God who, who is going to provide financially for your future, for your, your future that he has planned for you? Yes, sir. And then I would ask the question, well, how's that working out today for you? And, 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 and a lot of people would say, hey, well, I, I believe for all of that, but I'm not really experiencing it right now, Right? And I think that's a fair response. I think it's a fair response. When, when, you know, when you go to the doctor and the report doesn't echo what the word says should be the reality in your life. When you, when you go, to the, go to the ATM and it's an insufficient funds, oh, maybe another pin, right? It doesn't always necessarily add up in the way that we would hope it would add up. But God, in fact, is all those things. And God, in fact, is moving. Amen? And I think it's okay to build our faith through pursuit and personal practice. I, I think this, this understanding that if, if we adopt fully and trust wholly this word that our realities would be different. But I believe also that it's a process that God releases at times in part, although he's fully released. Does that make sense? That he gives us so much at a time to walk us through the transition of becoming fully like him. So this, this beautiful reality that we, that we stand on the edge of this understanding that God has already, already lavishly poured his love upon us and all the treasures in the heavenly realms. You know, we, I always say, and, and I'm kind of, I'm, for those of you who know me, you know I haven't changed that much. I'm, I'm still kind of weird. And um, I'm, kind of a, I'm kind of like a, a hippie with the Holy Spirit. So, I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, I just, I just, I'm kind of crazy. And I get geeky when it comes to God stuff. So, so you know, when I first discovered that God heals... <laughs> When I, when I first re realized that, that the word declares that I can lay hand on believers, right? That I can lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. 
I was like, okay, God, I want that. Like, like if that's the reality, then I want you to, I want you to, use, I want to be a conduit for your love. So I did, I'm, like I said, I'm a little weird. Stan, I went to Walmart um, and I stood literally at the aspirin, like where they sell the aspirins and stuff and waited for somebody in pain. And I would just, cause I didn't know who, I just wanted, I didn't want to practice at church. <laughs> cause if it didn't work, pastor, you know, they're going to the next one. But I, I, I was, I was like, I was, there's a lot of weird sick people at Walmart, you know? So I'm going to Walmart. I'm standing at the aspirins, like thinking, Oh Lord, I'm an idiot. Oh, Father God, you know, and then I'm speaking in tongues. I scare people look down. Oh no, no. Yeah. And, and, and this whole idea, but, but I, I, I just said, like, I'm not going to settle for less than what you've promised me. It's not okay, God, if this is the promise and this is my reality, that I'm, that I'm just going to stop and say that's for somebody else. And, I, and, I, and, I, and you know, you get in this, this environment. I, I have an office at my house where um, it becomes, you know, on holidays. Right now, it's all the odd furniture goes in there, so I don't have a great space. But um, I, I, have a, I have an old leather pillow that I put on the floor and I, I get down before my father and I cry out for these things. I cry out for the more of God. I cry out for the release of the things that are already deposited inside of me. I cry out and say, God, it's not okay that when somebody wants to come to church and we have a, we have a big prayer ministry at our church, which I lead and we have a prayer room and, 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 and people are, you know, we have a big healing ministry there and all kinds of things. And, and, and oftentimes people will come down and they want to encounter God and all they encounter is me. And the fact of the matter is, is I'm not very impressive. Not very impressive. I can tell you they walk away knowing that they're loved. But I want the evidence of the Father. I want the evidence of the Father to be reverberating down the halls of my influence. I want the influence of the Father to be, and I believe that that is his plan for each and every one of us. What does it mean to be released in the fullness of heaven? It says, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we are new creations. Ephesians 1, 18 says, healing, we already have it. We, we have the full mind of Christ as confirmed in Corinthians. We have faith, right? The faith in fullness. There was, there was no, there was no like, uh, what is it called? Catalytic converter or whatever. There's, there's no limit on the ability for our exercising of faith. In the heavenly realms. I think the only thing that, that, that thwarts us in our efforts to be useful to the Father is this. Our minds. And, you know, I think about Isaiah who cried out, God, rend, oh, only if you would rend open the heavens. And the reality that we lived in a rended open heaven planet. We, we live in an atmosphere where God has opened up the heaven, and we have access to the Father. We have communion with the Holy Spirit. We have relationship with Jesus. Faith and faith to the full. Philippians 2.9 talks about it. Romans 12.3 says, God has dealt to every man the full measure of faith. Again, we believe that God can do anything but maybe not anything for me. 
See, I, I, I use this excuse every once in a while because I don't know, you know, I'm very, very humble. I'm just kidding. Don't trust anybody that says that. Um, but I gained about 150 pounds before I came here. Uh, and I was conscious about it because I was like, oh, man, I'm going to see people. They're going to think I'm fat. I got a white beard. I look like Santa a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, and I use the excuse that I don't have very good self-discipline. It's, oh, gosh, I'm just, I just struggle with self-discipline. But, but when I understand, you know, Galatians 5.20, that the fruits of the Holy Spirit, one of those things is self-control. Patience. Uh, right? And that I, as a believer, standing and walking in the word of Christ, who has already availed all of heaven into me, right, cannot use that as an excuse anymore because the Holy Spirit is where I get my strength from. And he says, the fruit of me is self-control, Randall. <laughs> so I can't just continue to overeat and die probably too early of a heart attack or something crazy. I, I get on my knees and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Come forth in this area of self-control. Convict me, Father, of, of all that you have in store for me. Help me to, to, to make the reality of you in my life come forth in a way, Father God, that transforms the trajectory of my life and the lives of others who encounter you through me. Father God, use me. Strengthen me. What's, what's crazy, well, let's go to Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. I love this. It says, and in love, he chose us. I, I just, look at all the, the, the he's in this. It isn't about me, we, you know, maybe if I, it's, it's, it's God says, I'm doing this for you. Let me take the weight, Right? And he says, and in love, he chose before. He laid down the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Woo. Wow. Do you know that God looks at you today wrapped up in Jesus and views an unstained innocence? powerful it's powerful what's what's even more you know in, in colossians which is a kind of a parallel epistle to this one written in a different style because of a different audience um the parallel verse to this says jesus was slain before the creation of the world jesus was slain before the creation of the world. What's that mean? Before Jesus, before God ever breathed the first planet, before he ever held Adam, the mud man, in his hand, right? Before any of those things changed, God made a choice. And I can see the Father calling together the Holy Council, right? Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Council. And he said, guys, I got an idea. Putting it on the table. What you thinking about now, Father? I'm going to create humanity create a people, I'm going to breathe our life into them, and we're going to give them unlimited access to us. 
And we're going to place them in a place that is beautiful and flourishing and overflowing with the richness of our love and our creativity. And we're going to put them there and let them torment the enemy. How many of you know that the enemy wasn't placed here to torment us, but that we were placed in this existence to torment him? So that poor me Christian reality, very impressed with the enemy thing, doesn't work, guys. We're redeemed, bought by his blood. We're sons and daughters of a king. And he said, I want to put them in, and I, and I want them to, 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 to worship us and glorify me because it's in the worship and the pouring out, laid down life of affection drawn towards me that they're going to find joy and purpose and passion. And they're like, we're in. And he said, but, but, but they're going to reject us. And they're going to make their own rules and they're going, to, they're, going to, they're going to distort the truth and they're going to walk away. In fact, they're going to deny our existence. Many people are going to be killed in the process of hate and rejection. And Jesus, in the midst of all this, this understanding, he said, I'll do it, send me. He died, he was slain, the decision was made and sealed in heaven before he breathed the first planet. This is the pursuit of a father who loves you with everything. This is the commitment of a God who says, I know, I know that there's going to be pain. I know that there's going to be suffering. I know that many, many are going to reject me. But I love creation. And I believe in humanity. And I believe that the light of the world, the light of the love of my son Jesus Christ is going to penetrate the darkness of those around. And that Jesus and his people are going to conquer evil and death. See, if the blood was good enough to wash out sin, then it was good enough to break our sentence We can't walk around feeling imprisoned by our own flesh. I want to read uh, verses 5 and 6. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delighted, his delightful children. Woohoo! Delightful. God, how do you see me as delightful sometimes? I'm such a moron. Through our union with Jesus. See, this is the, the qualifier, right? It's not based on what we can accomplish or how good we are at this or how much scripture we have memorized or how we love on people or how much we drop in the basket. It's not based on any of that. It's all of it based on Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love he has for the beloved Jesus he has for you. Woo-hoo! Come on, that's good news. If you can't say amen at that, your amen is broken, something. All right? Listen, and this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. This idea of this cascading grace, it just, it reminds me of a waterfall that doesn't trickle or spit or, you know, it's not some 
broken faucet. It's, a, it's an overflowing, cascading grace that, that washes over us. And when we stand under this, this overflowing love of the Father and we, we choose to wash ourselves in his ever-loving presence, this, it, 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 you know, in the waterfall, the, the rocks, and they, they're jagged at first, but the, that pounding of the water shapes them and forms them and smooths them and transforms them into these beautiful shapes. And if we find ourselves in the stream, when we find ourselves standing instead of the stream of overflowing grace, God shapes us into the identity, to the likeness of his son. Our, my second point is, don't go chasing one. You know that? You remember that song? I see you left eye. I see you. Easy there. Um, don't go chasing waterfalls. Because sometimes we, we have this, this reality of cascading grace that we can stand under, that we can live under, that we can drink from, that we can bathe in, right? But we, we instead go to this waterfall, this waterfall of, 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 of celebrity, of, of wealth, of, of pursuit, of career, of, of everything at the cost of more, more, more. We, we, we pursue this water fountain of, of sexuality and defining my own identity based on my own feelings and, and the weight of, of determining who I am. And no one gets to say who I am but me. And we, we stand under these waterfalls, guys, that soak us in on truth that leave us, rather than refreshed, right, cold and shaking on the side, figuring what in the world is going on. Why do I carry around this stress, this anxiety, this fear, this, this waterfall of cascading grace no longer allows me to be a victim of, of abandonment and childhood abuse he, or insecurity and shame. I instead get to stand in the overwhelming presence of my father and know that I am adopted, that my sonship in him is now what defines me, not the past or anything that anybody else has to say about me because I know that my father loves me and that everything else is only... <laughs> You know, Paul says all this other stuff is just, well, he calls it poo, basically, right? In comparison to what I look forward to. Ah, guys, this is, this is the promise that we have in him. Verse 7 says, since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption. By his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of this cascading riches of his grace. Redemption is the action of regaining, regaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing of a debt. Jesus paid your debt in full today. Today you stand as a royal priesthood. Come on. Verse 8 says, this superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us and illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Listen, I want to, I'm, I'm, I got excited and I'm running out of time. I want you to walk away, though, with this understanding that gifts unopened will be forgotten. 
Verse 19 says, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of our God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be in an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. Let your lives be a billboard that confirms Jesus. Live your life according not to what you're feeling or experiencing, but with the hope and with the truth that God has deposited in you all joy, all power, all peace, all faith. God bless you guys.